Hello, and welcome back to... <laughs> Dude, come on! <laughs> <laughs> this is the equivalent of 8-Ball Pool being dropped in the middle of an argument with your partner. <laughs> Let's go. Alright, alright. <laughs> How do I No one wants that? to play with me. <laughs> uh, hello, and welcome back to... They made another one where each week we discuss an off-forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and even I know that's a violation of daddy's stepdaddy protocol. And with me, I've got Liam. That quote does not sound like it was from a children's movie. Uh, I pay my taxes. That doesn't sound like it was from a kid's movie either. It did not at all. And Mitch. When that elf flipped me, I pooped my pants a little. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, dude. Uh, Mitch, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I was listening to the other one and you said I was dead. In fact, you said you killed me. Well... You gotta hype it up for the audience, right? Like, Corey likes to lie to seem cool to people. I lie every time you're not on. I lie about what happened to you. He just he just lies. This time he said he killed me. He wants to seem like he's hard, like he's dangerous. He killed a man. One punch. That's all it took to take him out. Just one of my punches. I punched a hole like a perfect circle right in your torso. <laughs> and it just fell out. That sounds like it could be... Building up to a Dracula flow um, <laughs> line. Let the archangels like, I, you, take him. <laughs> there you go. You finished it. Um, so, a couple important things. One, we're not together recording, but in some ways we're the most together we've ever been. Because for literally the first time, we're doing this with webcams on remotely. Liam, we've been doing this show for four years, coming up on five in the grand scheme of things, like four and a half. Never once has it been with cameras on. Isn't that something? Like two and a half of those years or more, depending on how you're gauging it, was during a a global pandemic. And somehow we, we never did this. We like waited until it became retro. You know how kids are like taking photos with old cell phones right now and using mid-2000s camcorders to document their exploits. Now webcam conversations are retroly cool again, so we're doing it. Yeah, the second it was, like, not what you needed to do anymore, we did it. Um, Yeah, we spent the pandemic not looking at each other and then recently uh, flipped it completely and now we go to Mitch's house and... um, that's obviously been great. We are in a bit of a unfortunate menade drought as a result of life circumstances. A shortage um, of, of three weeks, a drought of three weeks without menade. That's unbelievable. A lot. Three weeks. I feel like a shell of a man. I feel like my bones are drying out. I have to make some festive menades too. Yeah, I gotta spike them. We need ornamental uh what's the what's it called? What's the word for you put like something on top of a drink? Garnish? Thank you. We need to do Zin garnish. Zin? Yeah. Zin pouches. That'd be <laughs> sick. By the way, Zin sponsors our podcast. Yeah, this podcast is brought to you by Zin and also DraftKings. Yeah, we've got a lip full of Zin right now. A lip like, full Corey's of Zin like, it's, a, it's like, in a pocket full like of He's like spilling regrets. over his mouth like it's so full. Like it's, oh, his, his, his chin is jutting out. Big old movie. Okay, there's a cable guy. There's a cable guy. <laughs> um 
The other thing I wanted to do off the top of the episode um, was apologize to Mitch. Um, because you weren't on last week, uh, as you heard. And um, Liam and I made a decision last week that in hindsight, maybe not the best one we've ever made. <laughs> to be honest, for me, it wasn't even hindsight. I knew in the moment I was doing something in, terrible. In the immediate... And I just couldn't will myself to stand up for uh, how I truly felt. In the immediate aftermath, we knew it was a bad decision. Mitch is over there puzzled because this movie was awesome. <laughs> but we made it anyway. Um... That decision was to watch Jingle All the Way 2. And I just, I wanted to be upfront about that because you weren't here. You weren't there to make any of that call. And um, we kind of made it with great haste. And I think it's evident that maybe we didn't um, give that decision the proper sort of care and tact that you might otherwise give it. It sort of felt like. Um, like giving the nuclear codes to like a seven-year-old boy, because mm-hmm. he's just gonna use them like right away, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. not gonna be a lot of hesitation, and then you'll sort of very quickly recognize that that was the wrong move, and that kind of feels like what's happened here. Uh, I think this was done out of spite because you knew I'd be coming back this week. We were actually so- we were just trying to keep you away for the whole month. We thought this would <laughs> ward you off. Hmm. At at our at our own peril. So we you guys just made the ourselves. decision. You just made the decision quick, and we're like, "Well, let's get her done." I would like to uh, put to the record that this decision would keep anybody away, but it was not made to do so. That's a guarantee. I need a cup of coffee and a defibrillator. How many notes did you write? I'm literally none. I took zero notes. <laughs> uh, I'm just standing in front of the IMDb quotes right now. Are you standing? Well, I'm sitting. Uh, but I kind of I got stoked that you were gonna like put tilt that camera down and be on like <laughs> your own two feet. Yo, bro, st- standing desk operation here. Um, I do find that when I am like speaking into a microphone, I do like standing. Sometimes you get better vocal control. You know, full yeah. use of your diaphragm. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm trying to... Liam and I have talked a little bit about this already. I'm trying to figure out what the best way to do this is. Because um, I think we all know, deep in our hearts, that like if we just mainlined this film, it's it's 6.41, we're done at 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we should just do a quick... Do just a quick vibe check to make sure we're all on the same page. Mitch, did you like this movie? We're not supposed to ask me that yet. There needs to be this some is kind different. of a- e- extraordinary movies call for <laughs> extraordinary circumstances. Well, you got to think about it some more. I think uh, this movie is uh, not very good. That wasn't the question. Did I like it? Yeah. No. Okay. Like yeah, not okay. not not really. Um, we'll get into it, but. Uh, you know, I think we, normally we ask about <laughs> the we, normally we ask about made. our experience with. Have you seen Jingle All the Way we're One? What's your experience with the friend? You're asking me if I like it, and we're not even there. 
Nobody, I'm gonna level uh, with you. Mitch has been away for a while. He wants to do this episode by the books. By the books. No, on the books. I, I couldn't tell on you. On the level. I, I couldn't tell you shit about my previous experience with Jing all the way. Have I seen it? Yeah, definitely. Do I have like memories of it? Did it? Does it like? Did it bring me up when my when my parents weren't around? Did it bring me warm cooked meals in my bed and my illness? No, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Like. Um, so I think what's important that is so what we're just gonna set up now we're gonna break format a little bit I do think it's important um, and people who have been listeners for a long time will remember that we do this scarcely we haven't done this in a while in terms of just an outright what if we just punted entirely Liam did you like this movie no hated it right um I watched about half of this movie on two times speed. Damn. <laughs> I watched Disney the- Plus have that as an option? I, no, it's on YouTube for free. It's just sitting there. Larry don't <laughs> want it. Vince don't I want it. I watched the back half playing video games like it was Subway Surfer kind of going on <laughs> underneath. <laughs> you were sludge uh, contenting I- your way through Larry, <laughs> yeah. Larry the Cable Guy's horrible Christmas. I played guitar the whole time. Yeah. Some of the saddest <laughs> melodies I've ever played were played during this watch. I was scoring the movie in the most melancholic way possible. <laughs> Did you possible. actually do that? I I uh, messed around a little bit. It had that's me in so a sad sick. mood. It had me in a sad mood. <laughs> that's that's tragic. Bro's like listening to in a sentimental mood, just like double fisting that with Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> What okay? So, uh, what really got me sad, you know, uh, to pull back the curtain on this show a little bit, is just that every year, every December, we have about four <laughs> slots to fill Christmas movies. Maybe, maybe five, but even then, you know, one of those movies might be after Christmas, so it would be more of a perhaps more of a wintry movie. Anyway, um, all I was thinking is just Jingle All the Way Two has now occupied one of those slots and uh, one of those coveted positions and. I've got to talk about it, and uh, it kind of had me feeling dour, so I'm determined to make this episode a good episode, um, if, if anyone's watching, because Corey very aptly said that, that this movie is, uh, what did you say, Corey? Whatever it was, it was apt, you know? You, you indicated that this movie is, uh, um, would ward people off. And I think listeners include it. I think listeners are going to see this title. Who cares? I wouldn't listen right? to this like fucking episode. <laughs> so we need to do something to make this worthwhile. Um, what that is, I don't know yet. Do you feel we'll that out. what that is is not just discussing it? Well, we'll definitely discuss it. You know, or otherwise we watched it for for nothing. Um, but I am down to just see where the conversation goes after that, okay. and, and not necessarily adhere to uh hitting all the plot points and jingle all the way too yeah i don't think this is necessarily going to be as extreme as previous examples of doing this which will include the flintstones and viva rock vegas in which we set a timer and when the timer ran out we had to stop talking about the movie and we talked about other stuff i have an idea for a little opener opener bro it's been 15 bad news it's been 15 minutes well just a little question that i can you know Float down the stream, see if anybody climbs aboard. Uh, let's do it. This episode is going to be four hours long, so comparatively, this is the <laughs> opener, Corey. This is the third ad for DraftKings is about to play, and I think we've got, what, 16 contractually obligated remaining? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We have to go out and buy more Zen. 
Um, <laughs> Zen and what, punishment. How do, all, <laughs> how do you all feel about uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, I don't know how far down the stream this is going to take us. I fucking hate this guy. I have seen him on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing him pop up on my TV since the mid 2000s on comedy channels and uh, even in the movie Cars, which I already didn't like. The first Cars was the first Pixar film I saw in the theater where I thought this is this is not hitting right now. I'm not enjoying this. Um, and perhaps Larry the Cable Guy has something to do with it. I just think Larry the Cable Guy, his whole presence is just so uh, annoying to me. Um and then beyond that, you know, someone can have an annoying presence and then manage to overcome it. I can think of plenty of people I like. Me. Where that's the case. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Larry the Cable Guy has never overcome it to me. And I've seen some of his stand up and I've, I've seen him in some of these movies. And um, I just I can't stand this guy. I don't like his voice. I don't like the kind of jokes he makes. I don't like his whole uh, country boy dumb persona. I don't like him. My feelings about Lawrence are nowhere near as strong, but like <laughs> Lawrence Cableman. Yeah, Lawrence Cableman. <laughs> um but I mean, he's a very like sort of nothing addition to uh like popular culture writ large. He's just kind of a guy doing like some like yeehaw comedy. I shop at Walmart. Fun for the whole family. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> now let's go get you right there. Go get you. Go get you. Get you some stuff from the Walmart. It's just so dumb. And yeah, like, like, but like that's fine. Like I, I feel like I do understand the appeal of Lawrence Cableman, but I have no desire to be with anybody who would be like, "Fuck yes, new Larry the Cable Guy is out." You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that in my in my life, but. I get it. Like, sure. He's just, he's out there. Um, I don't remember my initial perception of cars, so I'm not here to take it to Mater or anything. But, um, I mean, like, I very much just sort of don't care. Yeah. I think I've never been a big Larry the Cable Guy either. I remember, like, blue collar TV. Like, in the I've never been a very big Larry the Cable Guy, is very funny, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's trying to convert everyone into cable guys across the country. <laughs> no, I've never been a big cable guy. Um, but I can remember in like the late 2000s, he was kind of a big deal. And I can remember like the worst people ever ever in grade 7 and 8 quoting him. Um, but I never really liked his shtick that much, much like Liam. And the just like the, ha ha, I'm rural and dumb. Like, it just doesn't have legs, but he's managed to construct this career. And this film came out in 2014, and I feel like even by then, he was kind of a bit of a has-been. Like, um, if you compare it to, like, the first vehicle of Jingle All the Way with Arnold, like, this is a significant downgrade. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I don't think that that movie was very special either. I don't have much of a memory of, of that movie, but just in terms of star power... Um, it feels like Larry the Cable Guy was kind of over the hill even by the time this movie was here. Like, what what the hell is he doing now? Is he still alive? <laughs> he is still alive, but hilariously on his Wikipedia page, uh, it says at the bottom of the personal life section, in June 2023, claims that Whitney, that's his last name, had died at age 60, had surfaced. This was later confirmed to be a hoax. 
Okay, maybe that's why I thought he was dead. So he fell off so hard everyone thought the fall off killed him? I suppose so. You know you're in dangerous waters when you're uh, you're someone who gets death hoaxes about you. Typically that's reserved for like um, child actors who haven't been seen in public in a while. Or the very old. Like Macaulay Culkin was having a few until he did like YouTube videos at a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. He was pushing it. But yeah. Lawrence went all the way over the hill. Um, I like that his name is Whitney. That's a fun name for him to have. That's his last name, presumably, but is it Larry Whitney? His middle name is Lawrence. His first name is Daniel. Daniel Whitney just sounds like a guy. Daniel Dan Whitney, Whitney sounds like he made like a moderately popular mid-2000s folk record. That's what that name is. I uh, probably would have liked him better if he did. <laughs> or like opened Daniel Whitney opened for Elliot Smith. Like that's the energy I'm getting from the name. Imagine Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> opening for <laughs> Elliot Smith. It's just different kinds of things get people sad. Some people are crying to the <laughs> Elliot Smith. Other people are in the crowd weeping to Larry the Cable Guy. I guess in that sense, it, it would work out based on the the music that this guy pulled out of me when I watched this the other night. I was playing my own <laughs> Elliot Smith. Yeah, maybe there's more to this than we really realize. Maybe like the Blue Collar Comedy Tour was actually like really activating something deep within our hearts and minds. Um, him and, and Jeff Foxworthy and, and whoever the fuck else was on that. I think that is the thing that makes Larry the Cable Guy feel like more of a relic maybe than is even fair. It's just like that moment. You might be a redneck. You blah, 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 blah. Like that feels like such a far away thing to be popular. I don't know why that is. It's just like it like that because it felt like that moment was so specific that yeah. now it's just sort of like, okay. What what's he bringing to the table now? But like, is Larry the Cable Guy like still popular with like people who we just don't associate with? Like with probably with like yeah. r- rural Americans. I bet you he still like is like all the rage. Like I bet you he still has a very successful career, just like touring. Probably makes a bunch of money probably. doing like small shows and like in, in deservedly. Like he's not a yeah. bad guy. Like, he's not a bad guy. Like, that's it's a good niche to have. I just don't know about like the the wider appeal of it and like the the enduring power of it as well. I don't. I think a joke like that has very little like endurance i think in like wider culture for a long time yeah it's not for us because like i'm looking at us right now i see what we all look like we're not literally Mm. the cable guy's target audience yeah unless he took a huge pivot or like one on estrogen like those are the only two outcomes i can think of where (laughs) that might be the case Larry the Cable Gal might have likes, but that would be about it. <laughs> Loretta the Cable Gal. Um, yeah, and I mean, uh, so you take that connection, and then you bring in Jingle All the Way, a movie that I have nothing to say about, quite frankly. Yeah, I have very little memory of it, <laughs> other than it has the same sort of plot structure, uh, with like a dad who wants to get his kid a christmas gift that structure i would argue is better because that one is it's two dads different families entirely fighting over 
wanting the same like last version of a toy for their respective sons. Yeah. So it's like a bat. It's a dad battle. It's a it's a daddle. Whereas this feels like a less effective iteration of that premise. Being Larry's like, more sympathetic because he's up against like the most like dislikable dude of all time. Yeah, there's like you can like Sinbad in the other movie because he's also just a guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas this like rich prick who runs a box company is a rich prick that runs a box company, and. I think like the messaging of the film is kind of like backwards in a way too with how it like tries to redeem this guy after he does something that's like pretty fucking horrible. Um, yeah, but he, but it's also like harmless in the same breath. Cause it's like, Oh no, bought all the toys and then everybody got all the toys at the end. Yeah. He's a bad guy though. It's just like, it's just like typical white collar criminal, you know, fuck him. He's going to get away in the end, no matter what. I'd rather see the guillotine dragged out. <laughs> for that would be my kind of the stepdad. Let the town square run red. For all Merry is Christmas. this all stepdads or all white collar criminals or both? White collar criminals. Uh, ste- I don't know about stepdads. <laughs> okay. Do you? I'm not going to make a judgment about stepdads. Do you think you'd be a good stepdad? I guess. I think it's I, probably good. <laughs> inevitable, right? I'm just like a. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a future in being a stepdad. <laughs> I've got a future in being a stepdad. I mean, the, yeah, the, the mustache. mustache for yeah. a while. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck the first one up. So I mean, it's, it's yeah, I'll probably be a stepdad. Um, yeah, that's very funny. Um, I don't even know what to do with this. Uh, can I make an interesting observation? I have two, but I'm gonna start with uh, one that really only matters to Liam, so I'll get it out of the way. This movie has a lot of weird similarities to A Bad Mom's Christmas, like, structurally. Did you notice that? Uh, I wasn't thinking about Bad Mom's Christmas in particular, but I would definitely say that it is a a tropey beat-by-beat movie that you can easily predict. I think they're both following the same formula as so many um, similar movies do. This one is the same structure of, like... People talk, an issue is presented, goofy montage resolves. People talk, an issue is presented, goofy montage resolves. But I find that this one has even fewer stakes related to some of the developments. Like, some of the montages are just a snowball fight. But it goes on for, like, a hundred years. But like, And that was at two times speed. And that was at two times speed. Um, I did have, like, a brief ethical dilemma about doing that because i had assumed that nobody else had done that but i did also simultaneously assume that people probably weren't paying a hundred percent attention so i felt like a little bit more justified in doing so yeah i think i think your hands are clean on this one bro okay well Uh, yeah now i can sleep tonight which is great um yeah i'll do this part i i guess uh Jingle All the Way 2, directed by Alex Zam, director of The Tooth Fairy 2 with Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy that he did a sequel to that as well. That was first. Wow. Um, also, Inspector Gadget 2, uh, The Little Rascals Save the Day, 
and a and a Christmas Prince. Inspector Gadget too. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I like this man's work, Mitch says. <laughs> I, nah. I know his oof. Um, this movie's inexplicably got four writers. Oh my gosh. Maybe just because it's a WWE production, that's the way they do it things? It could be, and boy is it. Um, we'll, get, we'll get there. Uh, the movie is written by Steve Mazur, uh, writer on Liar Liar. Um, the Little Rascals 1, Break... Uh, Pardon me. Benchwarmers 2, Breaking Balls. Without a Paddle, Nature's Calling. The man does comedy sequels. I guess someone's got to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's based on the original written by Randy Cornfield. Corn- That's a good Cornfield name. Cornfield with a K. Yeah. <laughs> Get that guy on the Children of the Corn franchise. And then uh, two people are credited as contributing writers, including Alex Zam and William Robertson, uh, who worked on Inspector Gadget 2 and Woody Woodpecker 2017, among other things. And then we've got edited by Heath Ryan, who worked on Woody Woodpecker 2017, uh, The Housewives of the North Pole, Tooth Fairy 2, Granddaddy Daycare, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 and several Mariah Carey music videos. Oh no. Mariah Carey's my least favorite. Of the Like her Christmas songs? Why? Oh, my god. All I want for Christmas is you is a crime. I think it's so overplayed. But like is it um, so but is it bad or is it just overplayed? Uh it's come to the point now where I can't tell. I just hey I just have this like chemical reaction to it i think it's the worst is that unique to mariah carey for you no i think mariah carey's fine it's just that one track okay is it is that unique to you among like christmas music like, how do you feel about like wham oh i love that i love wham last christmas is great okay i think like but that song's also christmas played songs. a lot it's just that's like that i'm trying to yeah. i'm trying to see where the line is there's other Christmas songs that I find kind of grating, like uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, if it's played too much. Um, not my favorite. She deserved all, it. All I, want, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. But who's also, playing that? Like, where are you going where know. these you songs hear are it. playing? You hear it. You hear it. Oh, I used to work in retail, so you couldn't escape right, it. Right. The Han we, was, was drowning in it. <laughs> the drowning in Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, but it was like, All I Want for Christmas is Shoes. Yeah. It seems like a very unsafe gift to buy someone for Christmas, right? You kind of want to try those shoes on. Like, dress shoes especially seems risky. Because yeah. those things are going to be, like, stiff and, like, yeah. you know, like, temperamental. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of some people I know. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you'd say that about Liam. Uh- <laughs> As if I'm not right here. You can see me on the screen. This guy probably minimized my window. That dude's probably looking at subway surfers. That's the face of a man who's looking at subway surfers. I mean, his screen light keeps changing. He like something. He's clicking on something. His eyes are moving around. We got the eye tracker activated. He's hitting the vape. This is fun. How I can stare at you guys even more than I would in person. That's, what's That's weird sort of the about advantage like the of webcams, of, right? Because I feel like in person, like sometimes we end up looking at the the laser disc or we end up like looking around and thought or you're making eye contact with one person but this is just like you're looking at 
the other two people, and that's all you get. Like, I find that level of immediacy interesting. Mitch is texting somebody. He's nodding silently mm. like a mime. What if the rest of the episode was just describing what Mitch was doing? <laughs> Barry Don Levy is the the cinematographer. I almost described him as the shooter, which is not what I need to be saying. Um, he shot Woody Woodpecker again. Uh, and also Smallville. Whole boatload of Smallville. Um, Nancy Drew 2019. I don't know which one that is because it feels like we got a bunch of Nancy Drew reboots all at the same time. Um, Lost Boys of the Tribe. And uh, also The Terror, that Victorian scary boat show. That show rules. Apparently it rules. I've heard that. It's really good. Um, well, there, you have Larry the Cable Guy to thank in a roundabout way. So I don't know if that's true. I think it is. Uh, music is by Chris Hajian. Or maybe Hajian. H-A-J-I-A-N. So. Uh, you'll never believe it. Uh, he worked on Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> um, as well as Inspector Gadget 2. Little Rascal Save the Day. The Infiltrator. Uh, and Dr. Doolittle Million Dollar Mutts. So somehow there are even more Dr. Doolittle movies that are not on our list. Um, let's hope we never come across them again. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy plays Larry. It took me a while to realize that. I kind of thought I was hearing things. Like like your brain had made that up? Like It's like, well, surely he can't be playing Larry. Yeah, but well, because... I I knew from the beginning that in talking about this movie, I was going to call the character Larry. So I actually kind of appreciated that the movie seemed Cut to be right on the, to the same chase. page. Where it was like, you guys are going to be calling this dude Larry after you see this movie. Let's just make it easier on you. Yeah, God bless him for that. Shout out to Steve, Randy, Alex, and William for just cutting out <laughs> the middleman. One of you had a genius idea. B- Brian Stepanik? plays victor stepdad he was on young sheldon in the sweet life of zach and cody i remember that arwin as well as green book uh and beverly hills chihuahua too and uh i don't know why these credits are listed this way i feel like the kid is getting kind of fucked around with this billing of people but next liam crucially we've got santino morella i'm using his wrestling name because that's exciting to me. That's got to be how they credit him, right? Uh, yeah, but IMDb now credits him under his real name. But this movie credits him as Santino, baby. Um, Santino, uh, you might remember him uh, from SmackDown and Raw. <laughs> Those are literally his most prominent IMDb credits. That and TNA Impact. Of course, yeah. yeah. I remember they got that bro watching in the his... I saw his debut. It must have been like 2006. He was a, a crowd member plant, and they pull him out of the crowd to have a match with, I think, Umaga. That sounds and, right. Uh, I feel like I even remember that. And I think he won. Um, and at the time, I was still at the tender age of believing wrestling, and I was like, wow, this dude from the crowd just kicked Umaga's ass. Um, I hope I see him next week. 
I, I'll go on record and say that I think this movie would have been much better had Santino Morella led the charge and been the lead guy and got to play like more of his WWE character as opposed to being the straight man. I think that's a huge missed opportunity because he's a really funny, charismatic dude in WWE and he's not really in this movie. I mean, I think he's more charismatic than Larry, but he doesn't really get anything to do at all. Can you describe his WWE shtick for anybody that doesn't know, including Mitch, who appears to have entered the Zen zone because he looks like he was like going into another dimension there? I tu- yeah, so I turned on slightly <laughs> purple lighting to give me a bit of a mystique. Um, I think his most memorable WWE shtick is he's more of a comedic character. His his finisher would be that he would put like a an arm a long arm sock resembling a cobra over his his hand and forearm and then he would nip someone in the neck with it and and it would cause them to collapse as if being bit by a spider um, i remember people doing this in like gym change rooms in grade seven eight <laughs> yeah. yeah that was the santino influence coming through and then beyond that you know when he's on the mic he's just sort of like a a lovable buffoon he's a bit of a you know, doofus he would, he's a doofus but like yeah. he thought and, he thought I, himself cool Yes, which is the and, important and I part. I think he d- he does it great. And so when he showed up and he wasn't playing that character, I was kind of bummed. Like this is not the movie to to show your range, Santino. This is the movie to do what you do best. I'd love to know whose decision that was because it truly doesn't make any sense. And this isn't to say that he's like horrible or anything because that's kind of beside the point. But it's like, why would you bring him in and be like, hey, can you play the most normal person that's ever lived? He's just a guy. Like, Larry the Cable Guy is already the straight man, and they're like, we need an even straighter man. Yes. Like- that, yeah, that's that's what's truly baffling, is that Larry really is the straight man in this movie. He's got, like, a quip or two, but he is he is not... There's um, no personality. Uh, yeah, there's no personality there, and so to not have... Uh, not give him a sidekick with personality is a really befuddling position. I think a befuddling decision. I think um, what it is is that like they really just picked whoever they had available to to get this movie happening. Yeah, Ted like, DiBiase this, was shooting five straight Marine movies. <laughs> totally, yeah. And so because like Larry the Cable Guy subbing out for Arnold Schwarzenegger in the last movie, that I think that shows that like they're not interested in doing a similar thing. Um, like uh, at least Kindergarten Cop two subbed Arnie with Dolph Lundgren um, which is an inspired choice sure yeah and so this is like a, t- a different thing and that's okay you don't need an action star to front your jingle all the way movie but for it to be Larry the Cable Guy I really got to think that like there's no way this was their first choice they must have you know maybe WWE Studios got the rights to jingle all the way and they were just like well Vince McMahon maybe Santino uh, was I, getting I, a I push know. in the ring and they're like we really need to up, <laughs> up his uh, celebrity awareness yeah and then vince was also like uh but i've got this friend larry the cable guy and he's gonna be in the movie he's gonna be the main guy in the movie santino we can't give you that big of a push and he just got if anything what if in the ring he got a push that was too effective and like we gotta make him a loser make him go do the jingle all the way movie like dial it back you know who i think they should you know what they should have done if you're already casting wwe superstars you know who plays smarmy's stepdad the Miz. Dolph Ziggler? 
Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Writes itself. Yeah, The Miz would be great. Great. He'd be so good. Dolph Ziggler could do it, but I think The Miz is, is like, that's your guy. I guess he was too busy being the Marine, and they figured yeah, that they inexplicably made children. The Miz the Marine, which is weird on its own. Like, yeah. They got their shit off. Make Santino the Marine if they if he wants to show range, and then let the Miz go be stepdad. There you go. <laughs> Mitch, do you have strong feelings about the casting of WWE superstars? No, I'm not really a big WWE guy, so I'm like I'm like a bit in the dark with a lot of these casting decisions. Did you like Santino? He is fine. He plays best friend well. He's I he plays best friend, and that's like his only persona and he's like what your good thing your phone was in the chips and not in the dip ha 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 so fucking um, dumb well i mean later the cable guy's whole personality is you want tea doodle for breakfast and it's just like and he's like it, he's like his friend but it's like he's not really i guess he's kind of looking out for him but if i was larry the cable guy's friend i would probably show a bit more concern i'd be like dude you're eating Twinkies for breakfast. You are working yourself to an early grave, my friend, with a diet like that. That's the sounds like the kind of guy who's never had a fucking breakfast Twinkie, dude. I haven't. Ever? Never. I don't really like the fake, like kind of marshmallowy thing in the middle. Kind of gross. Nah. How do you feel about um, other foods that have sort of a like uh, Joe Louis, a creamy center, Dude, Joe, a Joe Louis, are or a, a Boston cream? I don't like Joe Louis either. Really. Are you fucking crazy? No. <laughs> Joe Louis, Joe Louis are pretty goaded. I uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> I, I the first time I was ever aware of my privilege is when. <laughs> I, I would open up my lunchbox and have a Joe Louie in it, and I would look over at the other kids, and they had wagon wheels. Dude, wagon thought, wheels Damn. are trash. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I feel like if given the opportunity, like if I left my house anticipating a wagon wheel and received, or anticipating a Joe Louie received a wagon wheel, I'd kill myself that day. <laughs> of course, yeah. But I felt I felt bad about it, you know, because I would I couldn't say that to the kids around me, but I was certainly thinking it. Yeah, I couldn't just tell them, "Yo, your parents need to go get you a Joe Louis." It's like, well, th- probably three more dollars a box. One of them actually tastes like cake, at least. And the a wagon wheel is like it, like it crumbles weirdly, and like the the supposedly cake part is like shockingly stiff. And then the marshmallow part has like no give, so when you bite it, it's just like a weird. Ch- nah, nah. Absolutely not. Mitch, you're fucked. By the way, for saying that about Joe Louis, you're ridiculous. I don't like the marshmallow. I don't like marshmallows at all, really. So that's just well. Me. Yeah. How do you feel about a Boston cream? I donut? do like Boston cream or like a Claire, oh, okay. anything like that. But uh, okay, yeah. so what's the difference? Just what they're piping in the middle. Well, one's a donut. <laughs> what they're piping. Like a Boston cream is a donut with like a, a fried uh, exterior, and then you got the chocolate on top. But it's like not like it's like a chocolate. If someone fried a Joe Louis, what would ganache? you do? Uh, I honestly, I feel like it would be better because really anything's better fried. Um, Kennedy Clement, uh, or rather Kennedy Clements, uh who maybe also got Joe Louis for lunch on the set of Jingle All the Way 2. We don't know for sure. Uh, 
plays Noel, which is a little on the nose. Uh, she is also the kid in Poltergeist 2015. So there were a lot of eggs wow. in the basket. That is a good contender for our podcast, but I have left it off the list um, simply because I've seen it and I am afraid that it would lead to an episode similar to this. But it's definitely a good contender. Wow, that's a, that's a damning assessment in a very small amount of words. Yeah, it is a it's a pretty damning example of uh, a poltergeist movie. I feel like we'd be better off watching the Firestarter remake than that. Could be. I don't know. Don't know what that one entails. Maybe we got to figure it out. At it's some got point. Zac Efron, I believe. Oh, that's right. Um, and it's got a soundtrack by John Carpenter. So Whoa. like, it's yeah. all it's already a big improvement. Um. Kirsten Robeck plays Trish. Uh, she was in Edge of Seventeen. Uh, reboot the Guardian Code, which is a reboot of the cartoon reboot. Uh, she was in Karate Dog, and also Smoke and Aces Two: Assassins Ball. Well, Edge of Seventeen is awesome. Yeah, that sort of felt like me having a stroke for all the rest of the titles, but Edge of Seventeen <laughs> is like <laughs> an identifiable thing. Um. Rachel Hayward uh, plays Maggie. She's in 12 Rounds 2 Reloaded. That's got to be a WWE Studios Has movie. Has to be. <laughs> that, that Ted DiBiase written all over it. <laughs> he was just doing a lot of the movies at the time. So that's why I keep pulling his name. Um, Maddie Finocchio plays Jeffrey. He was on Riverdale and in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Eric Brecker is Nate. He was in Scary Movie 3. And uh, Brenda Critchlow plays Margot Price, the reporter on the fucking Harrison the Bear beat inexplicably. (laughs) I don't know how this network has the money to have a dedicated reporter to fucking toy shopping. (laughs) And they do three separate stories on Harrison the Bear. Full stories, bro. Are you out of your mind? With live reporting. Unheard of in television news to follow a story like that that closely. Unless, like, Harrison the Bear planted pipe bombs around the country. Like, that's the only reason I can think. To d- <laughs> yeah, if he was sending, like, federal agencies bombs in the mail, then we might have something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, if he was, like, the guy from Seven, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm imagining, like, uh, a plane hits a tower, and um, they interrupt the news broadcast to deliver the latest on the bear. Oh, yeah, like... We interrupt this 9-11 coverage for Harrison the Bear. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of which, the director of the movie is the voice of the bear. So this movie is about Larry the Cable Guy um, being good friends with his ex-wife, but not liking her husband. Also, um, who is this woman and how could she possibly have equal interest in having been married to Larry the Cable Guy and now being married to rich box company asshole? They don't strike me as very similar at all. Yeah, I gotta respect her, I guess. She doesn't have a type. She just loves who she I loves. I guess, but, like, she seems to like Larry more than Boxman. Well. Well. Um, so, anyway, they're, like, splitting custody, and Larry takes his daughter to a CGI fishing hut, and they eat, uh, like, 
uh, Cheetos for breakfast. And Wildly like seasonally inconsistent. That CG hut, and then they're driving on like green roads two minutes later. Yeah, like uh, I have a note asking like what season it's supposed to be. Yeah. Or where in the country we're supposed to be that like a fish an ice fishing shack is driving distance, but there might not be snow on the ground. And let alone you can you can put like a, a structure on a lake. It's gotta be very you cold. You can put a to, truck and a shack on yeah, a lake, but it's there's It's gotta no be snow. fucking cold for that. They drove twenty hours to get to that fish. And they hunt. sang the whole time. <laughs> uh they sang and they discussed Bionicles lore. <laughs> that was all they did the whole time. Um, and, uh, she likes her cool new rich stepdad, but also likes Larry's, like, trailer park methods of being a a laid-back, chill dad who knows the vibes, and so he discovers that, uh, Boxman is, uh, trying to buy her affection, so he's like, I'll fix it, and she writes a letter to Santa that he intercepts before sending it to the United States Postal Service, which he interprets as requesting Harrison the Bear, which is just like uh, Teddy Ruxpin. It's just Teddy Ruxpin. Or it's like a Chucky Bear. Not to be confused with the Chucky Bears from Child's Play 2018. Um, And then uh, hijinks ensue, trying to find it. Rich Dad buys them all up. He dresses as a homeless man at one point. He does do that. Um, the evil plot is discovered. Everybody gets their toys in Merry Christmas. Um, and Santino is there. I would say uh, one thing I'd be curious to see is if somebody could re-edit the discussions in the diner with music from Twin Peaks. I would enjoy that a lot. <laughs> but like Laura's theme. Yeah, but like Larry and that waitress are just like talking about fucking pie or whatever <laughs> like that one scene with major briggs and bobby in the diner that's the oh, the that, best scene that might be the best the scene best scene of the, the whole, whole show thing. is when major yeah. briggs and bobby sit down and he tells him of his vision i can't argue i fucking with you there, uh, like I'm even thinking about that scene makes me want to cry yeah man i'm gonna like watch that scene after we record that's christmas right there like I think you could just sh- show that scene on repeat around Christmas time, and it's like the meaning of Christmas right there. That is, uh, that's the whole movie. I I have nothing more to say about Jingle All the Way to <laughs> Jingle All the Way to Time Speed. Actually, I have one more thing I'd like to say about Jingle All the Way to. I like that the bull riding mini sequence has a split screen. Yeah. That's pretty dope. They were doing the De Palm. They like properly went in and was like, we need everyone's perspective on this. Here's a four-way split screen. Like, that was cool. I hope you have like snake eyes to see what's going on. But That was like genuinely cool. I enjoyed that like earnestly. Um, but that's, I'm it. that's it. I'm done now. That was everything. I'll tell you, I I actually I enjoyed the twist at the end where he realizes that the note doesn't say what he thought it said. Oh yeah, that the it was written on magic Here paper. Here as one, not Harrison. Also, did somebody teach this fucking kid about kerning? Like this isn't hard. 
<laughs> write the write the letters close together so they form words. Like you're not writing. Yeah, she's like, she's a bit old for it, isn't she's she? She's way too it old for like that. It. She's writing it like she just learned how to write letters. But maybe she's getting it from like Larry. We don't know Larry's stupid. I could buy. I could buy. Larry that. says that his writing is worse. But Larry also knows how to rig up old car lights into a Christmas tree. But that doesn't have any gauge for literacy. Sure it does. He can read all sorts of charts and schematics. I don't know. I no, no, he does he's it He's a good old boy. He doesn't do that. He's a trial and error guy. The good old boys famously love letters, especially when you put a bunch of them in the order uh, where it's the same one repeated. <laughs> Checkmate. I, too, have very little nice things to say about this movie. At times, like, there is, there is like, a subtle kind of messaging at work and spirit at work that is, like, I don't want to say there's, like, a mean streak, but but um, there's just, like, a couple of things where it's, like, why would you put that in a Christmas movie? Um, the scene, I think, where he dresses up as a homeless person to get the bear could have been cut entirely. Uh, seems like it's kind of in poor taste. Especially around the holidays. Yeah, that was questionable. I also really, I thought it was weird that there was an uninterrupted 15 minute speech by the entire cast about the need to protect American sovereignty. Yeah. I don't know why that was in the movie. And also like he seems like almost allergic to all like, or that the idea of wishing other holidays other than Christmas is kind of like a bad thing almost. He's like, happy, Merry Christmas, and all the rest of it. Yeah, and I, re- I I didn't really understand why he... Like, he does this in three or four scenes. He just looks straight down the camera and says, Desert Storm was fine, and then just goes back to what he was supposed to be saying. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. Yeah, that part's crazy. By the fourth time he does it, you're trying to figure out what it means. I like the part because like, you start thinking it has some sort of like relevance, and then no. I like the part where he says George Bush was a good president. I'm I'm happy to talk about something else for a little bit if we want. I'm I want to keep this Larry discussion going if we can. Okay. Go. <laughs> I just don't know what to, I just don't know what to <laughs> say. Like, I want you guys to but talk you, to me about Can you guys Larry. say something so maybe I can jump in? Like I I, well, I don't want to like, turn as a the, bit or for real. I don't want to turn the page on Larry quite yet. What? So like he says more fake stuff about Desert Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Black Hawk Down should have won Best Picture. American Sniper is my favorite movie. <laughs> I love the part with the fake baby. Hey, Rich Stepdad, you were in Green Book, right? I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brought a tear to my eye, that book. Um, What do you well, want to say about Larry, dude? I'll say something. I, I, This movie really got on my nerves uh, beyond just Larry getting on my nerves. Like, structurally, I just think that um, I, I have a tough time sympathizing with Larry's character because he's feeling so threatened by this rich stepdad who wants to buy the daughter's uh, interest, and he decides, no, I, I will buy my daughter's interest instead. And a lot of his his um, motivation in the movie is just, like, feeling emasculated 
by this this stepdad character um and he just runs around in circles the entire time and then uh it also that we can have that moment in the end where they realize that they can they can all come together and that he doesn't have to be such a uh such a sore loser and it's just like um that's just not a story i want to see told um by a badly made christmas it's not film. particularly uplifting yeah yeah like the a lot of like the sentiment behind this film is not great um and and what is already an extremely generic film like i think you could kind of predict the beats before they happen like this is this Christmas movie, there's nothing like that original. Very boilerplate. Corey just left the call. Damn shame. He was frozen for a while, too. Yeah. Maybe he figured it out. You might as well finish the point you were yeah. making uh, it's a, so, so the easier to edit. Well, I was just saying that it was very... Um, yeah, like there's nothing that original at play here. It's like a Christmas movie that we've seen. It looks like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like the, uh, cosmetically it looks terrible. And uh, like mm-hmm. everything that's going on in terms of like narrative, like I said, boilerplate. It, you've seen this before a million times. So, while Mitch finished up that incredible uh speech about the visual and aesthetic state of the movie, um we've hit a bit of a snag in that uh the internet is not working and uh we are struggling greatly to try to actually finish this episode so forgive us for opting to not continue riffing about the questionable political stances of larry the cable guy as seen in jingle all the way too and just sort of ending this one because the internet could go out at literally any second and uh frankly who fucking gives a shit i don't let's get out of here let's get her done uh do you have anything you'd like to plug Liam, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'll do it on two times speed in honor of the best way to watch this movie, if you must. And also to try to keep the internet from killing us before we are ready. I have a film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. I have a Weezer podcast called In the Weeds with Weezer, the Little Bitches podcast on Spotify and YouTube and I have a band called Guest Room Status on all the streaming services. I'm also going to keep it pretty fast. Firstly, next week we're going to watch the remake of uh, a loose remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night called Silent Night. It's the one with Malcolm McDowell in it. Watch that one if you want to follow along. Uh, Go to MortalCombatConquest.ca. That's where all my other stuff is, including MK PodQuest, another thing that you can listen to right now. And thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Instagram at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all those services. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a written review. Be very nice about it. Show us to your friends. Show us to your parents. Bring us to your Christmas holidays. We would greatly appreciate it. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what you think they should have done for the starring actors of Jingle All The Way 2 if they could only use WWE wrestlers. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, we're going to do a horror movie next week. We're going to try to fix what we did wrong after this. And they made another one? <laughs>